Good day wherever you're listening from and welcome to Indoor Air Quality Radio, IAQ Radio. It's Friday, January 6th. 2017 first episode for 2017 happy new year to everybody out there this week is episode number 442 my name is radio joe hughes and i'm coming to you from beautiful studio d in central city pennsylvania gorgeous snowy day outside the window here at the studios at the controls is our engineer john you gotta have faith and joining me from studio c back in mckees rocks pennsylvania is cliff the z-man zlotnick Hi, Joe. Hi, John. Hello, everybody. It's 17 degrees in Pittsburgh today. Most funny. <laughs> good day. Good day. This week, we're going to we're bringing on Phil Green. Uh, Phil is of Clean of Madison County, and uh, he's also um, got a green remodeling company there. We're going to talk a little bit about um, oh, a bunch of different topics today, indoor air quality, restoration, uh, franchising, etc. But before we do, we have to stop and thank our marquee sponsors. We could not do the show without our sponsors, beginning with our marquee sponsors. John Don Products, where restoration and abatement contractors shop. Visit them at johndon.com. That's J-O-N-D-O-N.com. Healthy Indoors Magazine, a free online digital magazine for industry professionals and consumers. Subscriptions are available at iaq.net. Legends Environmental Insurance Services, the experts in insurance for environmental consultants and contractors for over 20 years. Visit them at legends-enviro.com. Please be sure to thank our sponsors for their support of IAQ Radio when you inquire about their services or products. And uh, just as a quick note, you may see uh, many of those sponsors at the IAQA 20th Annual Meeting in Las Vegas, and that's going to be the end of January here, uh, January 30 through February 1. So check it out, and I hope to see you there. All right, let's turn it over to the Z-Man for today's IAQ Radio trivia question. Thanks, Joe. Win a cool prize by out-competing fellow IAQ Radio listeners and being the first person to correctly answer the IAQ Radio trivia question each week. Submitting your answer is easy. Either email it to czalotnik at cs.com, or if you're listening to the show live, you can text in the answer via your computer. Congratulations <laughs> to Doug Conan, Aerotech Environmental, Dayton, Ohio, for the first correct answer to last week's IQ Radio trivia question. The IQ Radio trivia question for today, Friday, January 6, 2017, has been sponsored by Ideas, the solution chemistry company creating unique solutions to odor removal, surface cleaning, and decontamination problems. Now for today's IQ Radio trivia question. What is the meaning of the Latin phrase always or I'm sorry, what is the Latin phrase meaning always ready? It is used as the official motto of some organizations, 
such as the United States Coast Guard. Back to you, Joe. Okay, thank you, Cliff. Today's guest is Phil Green, owner of Green Remodeling, doing business as Clean of Madison County and Green Home Solutions. Phil has 30 years of experience in the construction trades as a carpenter, electrician, and HVAC technician. He has been the superintendent of million-dollar construction projects and is also an adjunct professor at Southwestern Illinois College, teaching in the technical education department. In his role as co-owner of Advanaclean of Madison County, he provides guidance and advice on the overall management of the company, and he became interested in pursuing a franchise with Advanaclean while researching ways to expand Green Home Solutions. Advanaclean service offerings and company culture was a great addition to the services already being offered by the Green Home Solutions group. Uh, we got some music for Phil. Advantage of the situation I work, you get the promotion Advantage of the underprivileged Too long living in a bondage Advantage of the situation I work, you get the promotion It may be long but not forever Okay, Phil, do we have you? Hello, Phil Yeah, I'm here, Joe Okay, great Hey, welcome, thanks for joining us Hey, thanks for having me. You know, Phil, you you and I have a somewhat similar background. I've done construction in the past. We do a little now, and uh, now you've kind of morphed into more of a light environmental type work, as I think you describe it on the website. Um, how did you get involved in the construction industry early on, and um, how did you go from just general construction and HVAC into kind of the, the green remodeling? So whenever I um, whenever I Got out of the Coast Guard. I land, managed to land a job um, with a, a testing company. So I did um, steel inspection on uh, buildings. And, you know, doing that, I got to spend a lot of time watching um, the other trades work and got interested in, in that. And, I, and I, I've always had an interest in construction. When I was in high school, I, I worked construction jobs and things like that. So I, you know, that was an easy, um, transform, you know, transformation for me to go from testing to, to actually get into the trades where I got into the carpenters, uh, union and, uh, just, it just kind of went from there. Um, so you started your the, own uh, construction company yeah, back then? No, I, I started my company back in 2007. Oh, okay. So I, I worked my way through the trade as a carpenter, as a journeyman. And then as a superintendent, and then in 2007, um, you know, un unbeknownst to me, in the, at the what was the beginning of the Great Recession, I decided to go off on my own and leave a very good-paying job to start my own business, um, and uh, just kind of took off from there. And it, so that Great Recession didn't didn't hurt you too bad when you got into the green remodeling. No, I I uh, was able to keep going, um, you know, as uh, pretty much work by myself for a while uh, because the you know, the work was slow. Initially started out was um, was pretty good. My son graduated high school and he was working with me, and um, 
it got slow. He was able to find a position um, with a with another contractor and uh, kept him going to keep keep his experience up. And then things gradually, you know, after after about a year or so, things started picking up again. He came back with me, and now he's my he's he's my full partner in the business. Okay. And then at some, what point did you kind of start focusing on the green remodeling? Was that right away in 2007? Well, if you remember back uh, back then, uh, I believe it was around 2008, um, you started hearing a lot about the Cash for Caulkers program. Yep. And um, I, got, I, I got interested in that. Um, I went and took some uh, uh, BPI training, building analyst, envelope professional. Uh, I bought all the uh, all the equipment to do the um, to do that work the blower door and things like that and I started getting interested in that and that's what led me to um, you know to learn more about the HVAC field so I went I went and got training for that um, and just kind of it's my you know everything that I do now is kind of developed from from those days I see Cliff let me turn it over to you thanks uh, thanks for joining us, Joe. Um, before you selected Advance the Queen, did you consider any of the you know their competitors uh, in this field? No, I didn't really. I mean, okay. actually, I I kind of stumbled upon Advance Clean. I was I initially was looking for ways to grow the HVAC um, business, and I was looking into franchises for that. And while searching for those, I came across Advanta Clean, and initially, initially I was interested, um, and I kind of put it aside for a while. And I talked to my son about it later, and he he came back to me one day, and and after he had done some research, and he said, "I think we really need to look at this." So I, I looked more into it, and the more I looked, the more I liked, and I really liked what they were seemed to be about. I thought their services were a good mix, uh, and it was a good uh, a good business model. So we uh, we pursued it from there, and and um, it's it's really taken off well for us. Uh, Follow up question in, in in terms of the fees for going into this. What what would it cost someone to to do this today? So start out. Um, you're probably looking at, a, at it, it. It depends on what what all you do, but for a single territory, um, probably you're looking at a minimum investment of around 120,000. Okay, and that could go up depending upon, of course, you know how much, um, how many things you you pay for with cash, like vehicles, or whether you finance. Right, right, right. Things. Phil, let's let's go back a, a step and, and tell listeners who aren't familiar with Advanta Clean what the options are as far as, you know, uh, what type of services they provide, how many different franchises are out there. I, I understand this company's growing so quickly that um, when you were talking to me earlier today, they, they're going to be on Undercover Boss here real soon, which means they're obviously doing pretty well. They don't put just anybody on there. So give us a little background on this. Yeah, so Advanta Clean um, is right now about a $50 million company. Um, it's growing rapidly. Um, but their services um, are really what they consider uh, light environmental services. So 
um, you know, air duct cleaning, um, water restoration, or really water cleanup, uh, mold remediation, uh, coral cleaning, cooling towers, things like that. And then also we're, we are also now uh, moving um, into uh, more what we call moisture control services. So crawl space encapsulation, um, you know, dehumidification systems, um, basement waterproofing is another area that we are um, expanding into. And how many how many franchises are out there now? Do you know? The exact number changes all the time because they're growing, but I believe we have over well over 200 franchise territories. Um, and so probably since some people have multiple territories, you, you're probably in the neighborhood of about 100, my guess, about 130 or so actual franchise owners. So what, what got my interest is the, the fact that, you know, this is a up-and-coming big franchise operation, but they also kind of fit real nicely into our you know, our key segments, they, they deal a little with indoor air quality, uh, disaster restoration, and of course, you know, you've got to understand building science uh, to some degree to do this type of work. Um, I'm wondering what you think about the marketplace in those segments, and particularly in the, you know, the water, fire, disaster restoration, mold type area. Um, do you consider the marketplace to be a mature marketplace, or do you think it's still a growing marketplace, a shrinking marketplace? What are the thoughts? Well, I, I believe it's still a it's a growing and a changing market marketplace. Um, a lot of uh, restoration companies are are looking for better ways to uh, serve their customers, uh, areas to move into, like we are with moisture control and basement waterproofing. Um. And I do also think that, you know, with the availability of information for the consumer now, um, that the industry is changing because consumers are more educated and they, they're expecting different things than they used to. And, and can you give us a little example about, you know, it says, uh, I think Cliff got this from the website, making homes and businesses clean, safe healthy and energy efficient. I mean, these big franchises, they put a lot of money into research. They understand those words are very important to consumers. I'm sure they've tested those, and, and those are key words. But can you give us some examples from a, a guy in the field of what types of examples of each of these you know, um, different words mean to you? Like, uh, what, what kind of thing do you do to make things clean, safe, healthy, and energy efficient? Sure. So we talk about um, uh, keeping things clean. Uh, of course, that that could be um, you know keeping uh, taking care of the mold issues. Um, air duct cleaning certainly plays into that. Uh, coil cleaning. So it's keeping it clean is about keeping an it you know a, a healthy, clean indoor environment. So if we have problems, you know we we not only will clean. And take care of those issues, but we also look for why that's happening and how we can, um, you know, make corrections to uh, maintain a good indoor clean environment. We what talk about, um, you know, it safe. also means uh, keeping things dry. As you well know, that's like the cornerstone of of, uh, of a healthy indoor environment is to have a to have it dry. 
moisture is um, probably the number one enemy uh, for indoor air quality. And we also, you know, along that lines, um, you know, we we want to make sure things are are proper as far as ventilation. Um, that you know, the house has proper ventilation. Bath fans are vented outdoors. Kitchen fans are vented outdoors. So all that really, you know, plays into you know those all those items. Um, you know, the coil cleaning, uh, particularly for commercial uh, businesses. Um, you know, cooling tower cleans extremely important. Um, coil cleaning for energy efficiency. So it all it all really ties together well with what we do. I'm curious, Phil. What when you you know it sounds like you deal with both uh, residential and commercial. Let's start with the residential. When you're dealing with residential homeowners, what's their biggest concerns? Well, I think their biggest concern nowadays um, is is really the healthy environment. Um, I think consumers are really focused on that. Um, and especially if they think they have a problem, um, they can they can easily get um, overblown. Um, so I know I know we we, we really try to take a um, a really um, even keeled approach um, when we deal with customers um, because we don't want you know we're trying to be non-alarmist uh, with our you know our vehicles. You know we're not the guy that's going to drive up with the big. Um, you know, mold guy stamped all over his truck. Mm-hmm. But we try to, you know, be, you know, be professional and and just kind of keep people at ease and, and to try to figure out what's going on. So I would say definitely, what for what I see, it's it's um, it's about being, you know, being healthy. I think they're especially the younger um, parents are really concerned about that. What about on the commercial side, Phil? I think commercial side. I think they're. Um, I think cleanliness, as far as um, you know, maintaining a good environment for you know their tenants to keep tenants. Um, energy efficiency is also important to commercial customers. It, that's a big one for them. It sounds like um, the cooling tower thing is is even in your area becoming a big issue. I know up in New York City, etc. You're outside of St. Louis. A lot of commercial people interested in that service as well. Yeah, they are there, and there are um, there are some companies around that uh, that are testing cooling towers regularly in the area, um, and they are finding stuff that um, you know, and, and and getting cooling towers clean. So I think with with everything that's been going on in New York, it's got really everybody um, all over the country. Uh, concerned about that and trying to be proactive. And one more question. We've got a special announcement coming up in a moment, Phil, but before we do, I've got a text question. Um, are you familiar with, uh, if this is from a listener, the National Center for Healthy Housing's Seven Principles of Healthy Homes? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I mean, he sounded like, he sounded like you're kind of um, using that uh, that's, a, it seems like one of the core values or the, the, the core themes of your, your work is that, um, you know, if you approach things in a holistic manner, look at those seven essentials of healthy housing, you're, you're talking about clean, safe, and, uh, you know, um, 
those are, those are the things that you mentioned in the earlier in the earlier question. Um, one more before we, we break for um, before we break for a little special announcement we've got here. What about the the technical training at Advantage Clean? Is that all done in house, or uh, do they bring in vendors and outside parties, or a mix of both? It's actually a mix of both. Um, initially, when you when you start out, you you go for uh, two weeks of training at the uh, at the headquarters in Charlotte, where they give you some executive training about running the business, and then some technical training. Um, some basic technical training that covers the services that we do. But they also have some additional trainings that, that you can go in for, like for moisture control services, um, and that's done with vendors who come in and also assist with the training. Um, so it, it is a mix of both. It's, it, it is really good training. They've really, really put a lot of effort and, and um, time into developing training program i also noticed i thought on one of the websites that um uh at least you have the nadca training national air duct cleaners association air systems cleaning specialist is that something they encourage people to get they actually require it um when you become a franchise franchisee you it is required that you have to to uh to get that certification Interesting. That's a good one. All right. Hey, we've got an exciting uh, event coming up here at the end of February, and uh, we've got a quick ad for it. It's the second annual Indoor Environmental Science Forum coming to the Doubletree Hotel, Tampa Airport in sunny Tampa, Florida, February 21st through the 24th. Join industry leaders and educators as they share their knowledge and supporting science with you. See the latest equipment and solutions from exhibitors. Network with sponsors and industry insiders. It's two full days of in-depth coverage of water damage assessment, protocols, mold remediation, solutions, and legal issues. Don't miss this important two-day industry forum, beginning this February 21st with a welcome reception and wrapping up with a live IAQ radio broadcast Friday the 24th, featuring Radio Joe and the Z-Man and their guest John Lapiterre, Richard Alexis, and industry watchdog Pete Consigli. Register now at IndoorEnvironmentalScienceForum.com or call 954-562-6093 for more information. And we hope to see a lot of listeners at that event uh, and look forward to talking to you then. But uh, let's let's get back with Richard Green here. We've got, or I'm sorry, Phil Green. Um, there's a Richard Green. It's uh, the new president of ICRC. So excuse me for getting confused for a moment there, Phil. But uh, I'm wondering about the technical support at Advanaclean. Is that done by Advanaclean corporate people or outside vendors? Or again, is that a combination? Yeah, it is a mix of both. Um, I mean, they do have dedicated people in Charlotte, um, at the Charlotte headquarters to assist with technical issues. But, but we also um, have vendors that we can go directly to um, if we have issues. Um, I know, uh, you know, if we have pro- issues with the, pro- with the products we use, you know, we go usually go directly to their for that particular company um, or equipment issues, but initially it starts with the with the Charlotte office, and um, and then we can branch out from there. But they're very very good at at, um, at helping us out when let we me need get, it. 
I want to get one more question in here, then I want to turn it over to the Z-Man. Uh, we talked a little bit at the beginning of the show about the Advantage Clean going to be on Undercover Boss. I don't know how much you can say, but um, what do you think attracted Undercover Boss to the Advantage Clean franchise? Well, I really, I really don't know um, personally, but I mean, my guess would be they they look for people. Uh, from what I've seen of the show, they they look for people who are really, um, you know, good good businesses, uh, care about people, are big in the service and you know serving their communities. Um, so that would you know, if I had to take a guess, that would be why I would think they. They um, they were drawn to Vanna Clean. And do you know when that show where? Uh, it airs, I believe, the uh, 19th, which I think is next Wednesday night. Good. Well, I will encourage listeners to check it out. I know I will. Cliff, let me turn it over to you. Yeah. Uh, so, um, you know, I think one of, one of the things that interests me is uh, in terms of the royalties, uh, that, that are paid on services. Do you pay the same royalty regardless of uh, profitability of the service or, or size of the service? Because it would seem that there's some variability between the profitability of some of the different services that you provide. So I just wondered whether they have a unique way of handling this. Oh, actually, the royalties are paid on it. Uh, as based on the um, on your sales, so it doesn't matter the service. Um, the, the royalty is is the same. However, the royalty is based on the core services that Advantage Clean does. So, since um, you know build back on a project is not a core service of Advantage Clean, we would pay a a, um, a far reduced uh, royalty for those types of services. Okay. Yeah, because it would seem that you know if you're doing full blown waterproofing or some of these other things that there's you know it, it may be less uh, profitable. You know, one of the things on the water damage side, do you actually do the carpet cleaning post restoration and or, or, or not? Well, some do. I don't. Um, I subcontract that out to uh, someone who specializes in carpet cleaning, but. I know some of our franchises do do their own their own carpet cleaning. You know, I, you know, one of the things I, I, you know, Joe and I, when when we do these interviews, generally try to you know spend considerable time, you know, doing research. And you know, I, I researched the franchise program. Uh, you know, I'd like you to talk about the core values because there was one in particular that struck me. And uh, I suspect it'll strike uh, some of the listeners as well. So if you could kind of go through the core values, I think they'd like to hear that. Sure. So the core values are um, community. Uh, we believe that um, we want to make a difference in our community. Um, we are very, we are encouraged to, to be very involved in our communities, um, whether that, whatever that may mean, being part of city government if you need to, um, or if you want to, or other groups in, within the city, but just be a visible part of the community. Um, we also, uh, our core value, one of our core values is accountability. Um, 
and we believe that you know you should do more than you're expected to do. Um, so, you know, the customers, not just with our customers, but with everyone we deal with, uh, we want to you know exceed expectations. Uh, another one would be the respect. Um, we believe in the highly in the golden rule, right? You treat others as you would like to be treated. Um, excellence. We want to um, set high standards um, and rise to them, and that goes for everyone in the organization, from the technician all the way up to um, the CEO, Jeff Duden. Service. We uh, we strive to meet others' needs. And we definitely believe in operating with a servant's heart. Um, we care about people. We, um, we're a big part of um, uh, all the franchisees are involved with uh, St. Jude Hospital. But also in our local communities, we get involved with um, service to others. And um, it's a big part of what we do and what we believe. Um, so the whole, the whole concept, or at least boiled down to for us, is is we all work together to help other people. Um, it's a, you know, it's a for-profit business, but it's a business that really is all about helping others. And that's really when they look for franchisees, they look for people that also have that 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 heart for people. Would you say that that is the primary uh, mechanism by which Advanaclean differentiates from competition? Is this servant's heart and, and caring about people. Absolutely. Um, and and I hear it um, a lot from people um, that have dealt with others and dealt with us that that very difference right there, the the fact that they we're we they can tell we're genuine in, in, in our dealings with them and that we care about them. So I, I believe that's definitely true. So this is this has been from the very beginning of the company servants' uh, heart. This has kind of been part of it. Yeah. So Jeff Newton, the, the CEO and the founder, right, uh, has always been um, involved in, in things like that. Uh, he's he's just he's naturally got a servant's heart, and I know he's really very involved in his community with different organizations, and um, so you know, a business. Um, you know, is led from the top down, and Jeff does a great job with that, and he encourages that um, for everyone. Um, in your business, I suspect that you know the, the water damage side is the side that touches the insurance industry probably the most, and, and maybe there's some crossover with the mold work. Do you? Uh, you know, there's a lot of dissatisfaction among restoration contractors over insurance company water damage program work and, and third-party administrators do you get involved with I mean corporately does uh, you know does the franchise organization get involved with that not really okay. um, we you know we we do some some of the franchisees get involved with, with these um, with these groups and they, they aggressively pursue that Um and many others don't, um, and we're kind of encouraged to really build our business in a different way mm -hmm. because that's it's it's just too controlling. Um, it's hard. It's really hard to op I believe hard hard to operate a business with others um, 
who really have no, no stake and risk in your business telling you how to run your business. Interesting. Very interesting. Cliff, you want to break here for halftime? I think so, Joe. It's a good time. All right. We'll be right back with our guest, Phil Green, after about a minute and a half of uh, thanking our, our wonderful sponsors. And thanks to our association sponsors, the Indoor Air Quality Association, a nonprofit multidisciplinary organization dedicated to promoting the exchange of indoor environmental information through education and research. Visit them at iaqa.org. We could not do the show without our sponsors, beginning with our marquee sponsors. John Don Products, where restoration and abatement contractors shop. Visit them at johndon.com. That's J-O-N-D-O-N.com. Healthy Indoors Magazine, a free online digital magazine for industry professionals and consumers. Subscriptions are available at iaq.net. Legends Environmental Insurance Services, the experts in insurance for environmental consultants and contractors for over 20 years. Visit them at legends-enviro.com. Our association sponsors include the Indoor Air Quality Association, a nonprofit multidisciplinary organization dedicated to promoting the exchange of indoor environmental information through education and research. Visit them at iaqa.org. IEQ Pros, formerly Triska, who have been serving the needs of and advocating for their members for over 30 years. Remember, IEQ Pros is your link to industry's training, certification, standards, and events. Their website is ieqpros.org. And thanks to our advertisers, Particles Plus who engineers and manufactures feature-rich particle counters, air quality monitoring instrumentation, and vacuum pump technology. Visit them at www.particlesplus.com. Count on us. Gray Wolf Sensing Solutions, who use advanced sensor software technology and embedded computers to provide superior environmental test instrumentation. Visit them at wolfsense.com. Com. Okay, we're back for the second half of our interview with Phil Green of Green Remodeling and uh, doing business as Advanta Clean of Madison County and Green Home Solutions. Cliff, let me turn it over to you. This is uh, one that you put a lot of work into, and I like the way you have this set up, so keep going if you would. Okay, thanks, Joe. Um, what about fire damage? You know, you have this definition of light environmental services, and I'm just not sure exactly where it starts and, and, and where it stops, but it seems to me that maybe you're not really concentrating on emergency service work. I mean, do, do you, you know, do the, do the franchises, you know, respond, you know, 24-7, 365 for water damage emergencies and stuff like that? We do for water damage. Uh, we do not. Uh, we do not get into fire. Now, that's to say that. So, Advanta Clean Corporate encourages us not to get involved in fire. Uh, there might be a few franchises who do, but uh, Jeff's experience, because Jeff started out as a restoration contractor, was that uh, fire was probably the least profitable, 
and most headaches uh, of those types of services. So he, he's he's tried to move uh, away from that and, and um, encourages us not to get involved in it. So I don't get involved in it in my business. Um, we actually are doing pretty well with the mix of services that we have. But we do we do offer emergency response for water cleanup, and and we have we don't do that a lot, but we have definitely done that. Okay, so let, let's just focus on your advanced clean business, the services that you provide. I'm interested in how does that break out percentage wise? You know, what percentage is uh, HVAC cleaning, and what percentage is coil cleaning, and uh, you know, uh, encapsulation of uh, crawl spaces. Do you have any idea kind of how that breaks out? Sure. Well, this past year, um, we were looking at Bold is definitely the our largest um, part of our business for Vanaclean, and it's been it's run about sixty four percent of our total volume oh, of wow. sales last year. But you know, we're in the St. Louis area, which is um, you know has a lot of issues with uh, with, with uh, moisture and humidity. Um, air duct cleaning and coil cleaning would be in, in that also was about 13% of our business. And most of that is air duct cleaning. Um, coil cleaning is not, um, is, is uh, we do do coil cleaning, but it's not as usually, they're not that numerous as, as compared to air duct. Our uh, water uh, business was about 20% of our volume last year. And I don't know if you remember, we had in St. Louis area that, um, last year, about a year ago, we had some major flooding. Um, so we got, we got hit pretty hard for a week um, there. And then the moisture control services last year, since Advanaclean has just started moving into that area this, this year, and really, the like the middle part of the year, um, it, it's only been three percent of our business overall. But it's a it's we expect that to actually take up a pretty large part of our business um, this year. We expect a lot of growth there. Phil, are you? Do you continue to do remodeling and construction work as well? For instance, after you do your water damage work, there's oftentimes um, build back that has to be done. Do you do that as well? Yeah, so we handle that um, on the Green Home Solutions business. We have a crew, um, a, a small construction crew that um, that does that type of work. So, so yeah, we we do do that, and um, and we also do. Uh, you know, remodeling projects. We don't really advertise for that work, but since I've been in, in the industry so long and know so many people, I can't get them to quit calling me for it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious, how, as far as your employees go, I've got a, a little construction. My son has a little construction company, and, uh, you know, I'm wondering how, how that transition went. Uh, uh, did you take some of the guys that were working for your remodeling company, your construction company, and then train them as HVAC cleaning guys, mold guys, water guys, or did you bring in new people? And, and what was the reasoning behind that? Well, initially, we did train the people that we had um, with the bid that we'd already had with the business. 
afford Vanaclean services. Um, one of them has actually um, stayed with Vanaclean um, services, and the rest of the employees for Vanaclean we have we have hired as we've grown. Um, I do actually find uh, employees through my teaching um, that, as I see in class, people who are who you know fit the type of uh, worker that I'm looking for and. That's worked out real well for me. Cliff? Yeah, so uh, one of the things that I really uh, kind of enjoyed, you know, when I was YouTubing the business, uh, I got into some YouTubes of uh, convention activities. And, you know, I, I went back, I think I 2013, you know, 2013, 2014, 2015, 2016, and I could actually see the evolution, it seemed, of the business. And I was really impressed by, uh, you know, the 2016 convention where, you know, you seem to have a lot of work being done in, in small teams. And uh, you had all these flip chart pages, you know, being hung all over the place. And uh, I just wondered how many of the conventions you've been to and, uh you know, whether you could, you know, just kind of comment on my observation. Sure. Well, I've, I've been, I was at last year's convention, and um, like you, I've seen the, the videos of the years past, um, and it, it is definitely, of course, growing larger every year, but it's becoming, the convention is becoming much more sophisticated as far as you know, the training that we have while we're there, the things that we talk about. Uh, but those sessions are, are really great. Um, they were all about a different topic related to the business, growing your business, uh, managing your business, employing people, all different kind of topics. And it was, it was really great to stand around with, um, with other franchisees and get their experience and their input. And, help, and it really helps you to kind of, Feel like you're really part of a team, mm-hmm. and um, I know we're going to have a lot more of that. This year's convention is coming up. Um, I believe it's February second. Uh, we're going to be down in St. Petersburg, and I know we're going to get a lot, uh, a lot more of that type of um, activity there, uh, from what I've seen on the agenda. And it, it's just really a great time. Also, it's a good, good time to get together and build relationships with the other franchisees and with with people at the corporate office. Phil, let me, let's take it over into the types of projects you do, and then maybe we could get a tip or two for uh, building owners and managers, at least on the business side. Well, tell us a little bit first about one of your more unusual projects, if you would. Sure. So last year we had a, um, we had a gun collector and dealer call us, uh, who had a serious mold issue, um, and his gun collection. Um, so we, we found out the guy had a concrete, uh, basically a large concrete vault with a steel door on it in his basement that he kept his uh, very large collection in. And the, um, the guns were um, covered in mold, and the basement was highly contaminated too. Hmm. So that was, that was a very interesting project where we had to basically disassemble and clean all these guns 
Um, there were some, some old antique guns. I think he, there was even a Tommy gun in there was one of his guns. Um, but also clean, you know, the, the vault. We, we had to install a dehumidification system for him. And um, that was that was a very interesting project. That that took a considerable amount of time. So was it the moisture problem, the fact that they, they didn't have proper dehumidification in the vault and in the basement, or was there more to it than that? No, I mean, that was basically it. So there's really two things. They had no ventilation and no, no way to control the humidity. So, you know, you can imagine a big concrete room with no air, no, um, no way to ventilate it um, can give you a lot of problems. So what did you end up doing on that end to, to make sure that this didn't occur again? Well, we, we put in dehumidification so they could control the environment, um, in that, um, in that vault and in the basement itself. So as long as you control the humidity, you're, you're going to be able to keep a handle on things. It sounds like you do a lot of mold jobs. Oh, go ahead, Cliff. You got a follow up? Yeah, I, I do on the gun on the gun situation, Phil. You know, it seemed like you had some humidity in there. Did you have a lot of rust and corrosion uh, on the collection, or, or not so much? It wasn't. A, it wasn't a lot of heavy rust and corrosion. Um, really, a lot of mold, um, particularly on the wood parts. That um, was an issue. Um, so, I think it it hadn't been it hadn't been a an issue long enough that it occurred that he had a huge problem with rust and corrosion at that point. Gotcha. So what, how big was the vault? What's that? How big was this vault that he kept the guns in? It was about, uh, about 20 by 20, I believe. Okay. Good Pretty size. good size. So what do you think on the, on that gun thing was, the mold growing on, um, you know, normally a gun collector keeps his guns pretty clean. I can understand the mold growing on the on the wood parts because you know there's a food source there. What was the food source you think on the on the on the metal parts? Would it be the oil they used, or uh, did maybe these weren't kept as clean as they could have been? I think it was that they weren't kept as clean as they could have been. And honestly, I don't think he he kept as good a care of his collection as he should and probably didn't pay very close attention to it for a period of time. I see. Um, or he would have been able to notice something was up before it got to, to the extreme point it did. I'm curious with respect to your mold, it being a big part of your business, do you um, use third-party indoor environmental professionals on your projects? You know, how often do you use them? Is it every job or only when the owner uh, requests one or not at all? We do work with a local IEP, and he actually does check most of the projects. Um, he, uh, you know, sometimes we get, you know, a, a smaller job that's, you know, a pretty isolated problem. The homeowner doesn't really want to pay for the expense of that type of thing. But I would say most mold projects, definitely, we have an IEP checking them for us. And what about, um, you know, what, what kind of tips would you give a business owner, building manager about, you know, indoor air quality and, and um, you know, restoration and related issues, whatever kind of tip you'd like to give people? What, what kind of thing do you see that they could be, that wouldn't be, they wouldn't need you if they would do X? Right. Definitely 
proper maintenance in their buildings. Um, for commercial uh, maintenance is really critical. Uh, maintaining their their equipment, making sure that you know it's operating properly, the filters are clean, that you're just maintaining the the building itself for water intrusion. You know, a lot of problems you know can be prevented through preventative maintenance, and when you don't have a good program in place for that and someone's not really checking that stuff like it should be, that's where you run the problems. And I'm curious as far as um, fire, well, you don't do the fire, but on water damage restoration projects, do, do people ever request a third party on those projects? Uh, I, I don't believe we've ever had anyone request that on those projects yet. Okay. Do you deal much with sewage-related issues? We have done a few sewage jobs, um, and um, but and and back when we had the flood um, about a year ago, we had a few of those then um, because we had um, city systems backing up into people's basements. Okay, hey John, uh, let's go to the roundup here. I don't know if you're ready for that or not, but uh, yeah, up, he's always up, ready. Move him on, hit him up, raw high. Cut him out, ride him in, ride him in, let him out, cut him out, ride him in, raw. Okay, back for the roundup with Phil Green. Now, let, let's start with you, Cliff. Um, any final questions or one or two final questions you might have? Yeah, I do have a couple. Uh, Phil, you know, you said that 64% of your business was mold remediation. How are you getting the, the leads for, you know, for, for those projects? How are you advertising or, you know, what's the source of that business? I'd say the primary source for that business for us is uh, referral partners. We put a lot of effort and time into developing relationships with other people. Um, it could be anywhere from real estate agents to home inspectors to plumbers, um, really a lot of other types of businesses um, that we develop relationships with that we, we, we get referrals from. We're also involved with uh, BNI, um, that's a good source of, of referrals for us. But we also do invest in um, advertising through uh, through um, referral companies, um, and we and we of course run um, a website. Uh, the Charlotte office does a great job of helping us with that, and um, things like you know Google AdWords, things like that. So uh, that's the primary ways that we. Um, that we get the leads that we need for the, for the work. You know, I, I guess my last question is that, you know, for your green remodeling business, um, I suspect that you have someone who answers the phone and schedules the work and, uh, you know, so on and so forth for that business. But from what I understand, uh, there's a call center. So any of the calls for the AdvantaClean uh, business go into this call center. Can you just tell us a little bit about how that works? Sure. So the call center is managed uh, 24-7. Um, they, they have uh, everyone in that call center has gone through the um, technical training 
that the company offers. So they understand the services and what goes into taking care of them. They're, they're really, they're really great people. They, they, um, they work well to uh, help out uh, the customers when they call in and then, you know, they're able to, um, to send uh, those customers or connect those customers with the appropriate uh, franchise, you know, that serves their area. Um, they're a great resource for us. They really take a lot of um, a lot of the work away from us, so that we can focus on what we do best. Um, and it's really a great service that they offer for us. Phil, I I don't remember what website I was on. I was doing a little research, and I thought I saw a free mold inspection ad. Is that something from your site, or is that did I see maybe another Advanta Clean or? No, it's probably, it's probably on our side. We do offer free mold inspections. What does that include? I mean, is that just something that, you know, you get called out anyway, I assume, on uh, mold projects. And, and how do you differentiate between um, when you need to do a free mold inspection and, and, and are there times maybe when you bring in someone else that, um, you know, focuses more on that to bring in, to, to come in and do the free mold, the mold inspection? Sure. So we, we do offer free mold inspections, and that is really a visual inspection. We'll, we'll come take a walk through the, the, the building, um, go all through it, look for any areas of concern, and um, you know try to basically educate the customer um, in the process. Um, so, it, you know, a lot of times we go in, if we find, you know, mold uh, it's pretty evident to us because we're we know what we're looking for that it is mold if we if we suspect there's other problems that we can't really see then you know we we would bring in recommend a RIEP to come in and take a look uh do some testing um we we don't recommend um testing if we see that we have um if we go down in the basement or crawl space and we see visible mold everywhere, uh, there's not really a lot of point in testing. Um, we definitely want to test after we're finished cleaning it, but um, but that's what the free inspection's for. It's for a visual inspection. I see. Hey, before we come back, I've got two final questions. But before that, I want to I want to get listeners to listen one more time to this this spot we're running for the uh, ISF program coming up at the end of February. Coming to the Double Tree Hilton Hotel, Tampa Airport in sunny Tampa, Florida, February 21st through the 24th. It's the second annual Indoor Environmental Science Forum. Join industry leaders and educators as they share their knowledge in supporting science with you. Speakers include Pete Consigli, John Lapiter, Dr. Ralph Moon, Harvey V. Cohen, Joe Hughes, Cliff Zlotnick, Ken Larson, and Eric Shapiro. See the latest equipment and solutions from exhibitors. Network with sponsors and industry insiders. It's two full days of in-depth coverage of water damage, assessment, protocols, mold remediation, problems, solutions, and legal issues. Don't miss this important two-day industry forum beginning Tuesday the 21st with a welcome reception and wrapping up with a live IAQ radio broadcast Friday the 24th featuring Radio Joe and the Z-Man and their guests John Lapater, Richard Alexis, and industry watchdog Pete Consigli. Register now at IndoorEnvironmentalScienceForum.com. That's IndoorEnvironmentalScienceForum.com or call 954-562-6093 for more information. Register now for the second annual Indoor Environmental Science Forum in sunny and warm Tampa, Florida. February 21st through the 24th. And we hope to see you there, listeners. But let's let's get back and finish up with Phil Green. Phil, 
I got two final questions. One we ask everybody, one specific for you. Coming from the, you know, the, the construction world and, and doing a, a lot of construction in your history over, you know, 30 years there, what, what skills from your past work have been most helpful to you in making this transition into what you call the light environmental world? Well, I believe it's really my, my carpentry experience, my experience actually building buildings and putting them together um, that really gives me an advantage because I, I understand what happens to buildings, how different things affect um, the building. Everything you do has an effect. And so, so it's easier for me, I think, to, to understand that. But also with my, my training and experience with uh, HVAC, I understand those systems and how they affect the buildings. So I think that gives me... Um, definitely gives me an advantage over over some that um that don't have that experience it's a great background and you know it brings up one other question i wanted to i forgot to ask about this you also do some radon do you do radon testing or radon mitigation or both and how is that handled in in missouri is that uh, required that you be licensed for instance to do radon mitigation in uh, in missouri well, in you're Missouri, in Illinois, you, don't, you, you don't have to have a license to do radon mitigation in Missouri, but in Illinois, where I'm at, um, you do. And I do hold a professional mitigator's license in the state of Illinois. Um, I have, I have a, uh, I, and I have since 2009, I have a licensed uh, professional mitigator also that works for me that does my installations um, in Illinois. We don't do a lot of systems in Missouri. Um, because, and I believe because Missouri doesn't have licensing, anyone can do it. And I've, I've found that a lot of them don't do it right. So I, I do do it right. And I, it's hard, difficult to compete with, uh, someone's price who doesn't do it right when you when you are doing it right. So most of our work is done in Illinois. What kind of levels do you see in your neck of the woods? Is that a, a high rate on area or medium, low? I would say it's moderate. Um, probably the average house that we mitigate, probably, I would say the average radon level is probably seven pickle curies, but I've done houses as high as 50 hmm. pickle curies. So um, it really, um, it seems like the, uh, where I'm at um, in Illinois, it, it's a, uh, it was at least a heavy coal mining area. And uh, so the levels tend to be a little higher. I see. And before we go, Phil, thanks for joining us, first of all. But uh, we always like to give our, our, our guest the last word. Is there anything we missed that you'd like to add, anything you'd like to add for whatever reason? Well, I do believe that the industry is changing. Like I said earlier, the customers are better educated, and um, they expect more. And I, I think that in this business, if you don't always take the opportunity to learn new things and to grow, uh, professionally, I think uh, I think you're going to have a hard time competing. Um, I tell my students in class that this particular industry, the HVAC and the indoor air quality industry, is one where you can never stop learning. It's always there's always something new to learn. That's one of the things I love about it. And I'm curious the amount now that you mentioned that class. I, I wanted to ask you a question about how how is attendance at the class? Do you see people coming in for HVAC? related training 
Oh, absolutely. We um, we uh, we have quite a bit of that actually. Um, it's it's a growing um, it's a growing industry. There's a lot of opportunities for um, for work in that in that industry, and um, um, we're seeing a lot of people actually. It's a it's about a fifty fifty mix of people who are move are are switching careers and moving into it, and and then younger people coming in. Interesting. Well, Phil, thank you for joining us. We really appreciate having you. Um, it's been it's been great. I look forward to seeing you again in the near future, and uh, happy Happy New Year. Thanks, Joe and Cliff, and Happy New Year to you guys. Thanks for having me on. Our pleasure. Oh, this is Radio Joe Hughes saying thanks to this week's guest, Mr. Phil Green, and uh, he's out of, uh, out of the Lower Illinois area, the Little Illinois at um, Madison County, uh, at Vanaclean of Madison County, and Green Home Solutions. I also want to say thanks to our engineer, John. You got to have faith to my co-host, the Z-Man, Cliff Zlotnick. Most importantly, to our growing group of loyal listeners. Hey, I've got uh, Cliff Cooper coming on next week, by the way. Cliff's a certified industrial hygienist. He's going to be one of the, uh, I don't know if it's a plenary or keynote or just one of the main speakers at the Indoor Air Quality Association conference coming up at the end of the month. Looking forward to a great chat with Cliff. Um, I, I picked up a lot of information from him on LinkedIn and uh, have a lot of respect for what he has uh, been been putting up there and uh, look forward to talking to him in more detail next week so this is radio joe hughes saying we'll see you next friday at noon for the next broadcast of iaq radio this has been another iaq radio production